this is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Dix. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com And welcome. Today I am delighted to have Dr. Allegra Hart. Dr. Hart is a licensed naturopathic doctor, teacher, and author of Nourish Spaces Within. She graduated from Bachelor University in Seattle, Washington with a doctorate of naturopathic, naturopathic medicine. And she also got an additional certification uh, from the New England School of Homeopathy. Dr. Hart, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great. Uh, I'm definitely a fan of naturopathic doctors, especially with the, the, the scope of medicine uh, in the United States. And it's people like you who don't get the recognition that you truly deserve. And I wish I wish there was more people like you uh, to be able to help people uh, reach the finish line in their health. But let's let, let's go back in time. How did Dr. Hart discover her love for natural health? Well, my journey to finding natural health was very similar to other people. I had a lot of physical pain and I was told that my only option was to have a surgery and take this drug for the rest of your life. And, you know, I was 18 at the time. And so, of course, I didn't know any other options and I went for it. And it helped a little bit. But quite frankly, the pain came back rather rapidly. And when I was told there was really nothing else that they could do, I began researching everything. I looked at different herbs that I could use to make teas to help me manage the anxiety that went along with chronic pain so that I could find a way to live my life without feeling like I was being crushed from the inside out every single day. So that was my beginning is how can I manage the stress of chronic pain? And then I began to focus on, okay, So I've been able to manage the stress. How do I deal with the pain? And I found that they went together. And so that journey of exploring my options through food, biofeedback, herbs, homeopathy was my exploration into figuring out that I had way more options than I had ever thought possible. Great. And and Even let's, better, let's, they let's, worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And let's stop there. Um, Dr. Hart, how old were you when you started to uh, suffer with this chronic pain? Uh, I was 14. Uh, and and, and uh, if you don't mind, uh, what type of pain was it? So for me, the chronic pain was endometriosis. And that was massive pain. And it wasn't just focused on just when I had my period. It was all the time. I see. I see. And definitely uh, the stress, you know, having the stress along with it didn't help. Yes. Uh, yeah. So um, so you was 14. You was going through that. You know, you was, you was trying just about everything. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot, 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 of, lot of the doctors were trying to definitely, you know, uh, take you through the allopathic route. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
you know, at what point, you know, I mean, I mean, you, you was doing a lot of research. At what point did you say, you know what, I'm just going to just study this and become a student of this and uh, eventually, uh, you know, become a teacher of it and help others? Well, my getting my bachelor's degree was really my turning point of, okay, seriously, if I could do anything that I wanted to in my life, it would be to teach people about how to heal with herbs. Mm -hmm. And so once I had that that line in the sand for me, I started looking at, okay, how do you do this? And I explored being an herbalist and just thought that being a physician would give me a lot more information on the bigger picture of health and healing so that I could be the best resource possible for the people that I worked with. I agree. Uh, you know, there are a lot of uh, kind of noble uh, type of healthcare careers, but like, you know, things like herbalist, things like, uh, you know, uh, biofeedback practitioner. I mean, now those are, those are great niches and they definitely serve a purpose. But, you know, as, you know, as you said it before, being a naturopathic doctor, uh, it, it definitely puts you more in the forefront, you know, even though, even though, um, you know, you know, big pharmaceutical companies do try to suppress your message. It definitely puts you as being a naturopathic doctor to say that you are actually an official licensed doctor. It definitely puts you in a forefront and it makes it harder for you to be ignored. So I think I definitely commend you on uh, taking that route. You know, how was it, you know, where, you know, uh, you know, how was it? I mean, because, you know, going through eight years of schooling is, is, is quite a commitment. Um, yes. You know, uh, let's talk about the experience. Well, the experience uh, in a nutshell, I say it is basically a massive medical um, under, undertaking when we're looking at putting that amount of information into my brain, but it was also a journey in physician heal thyself. Mm -hmm. I had to figure out what my issues were at a deeper mental, emotional level so that when I was working with my patients and clients, I could get my stuff out of the way so I could see them more clearly and be a better asset. So it was not only gathering a bunch of information, which was emotionally and physically extremely rigorous, but it was also learning how to heal myself and be objective and understand that healing process from the inside out so that I could be, again, the biggest asset possible to the people who came to work with me. Indeed. And, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely, we, we talked about this before at the conference. And by the way, um, I met Dr. Hart at, um, at, uh, one of Peter Sage events. Uh, uh, Peter Sage is, uh, is is a mentor of mine, and and when I saw Dr. Hart at a conference, you know, not only do I have uh, a love for naturopathic doctors, but I do have a love for like-minded people, people who are inspired, people who are investing in their personal development, and I, it, it was just it was just great to connect with someone that I could really resonate on both levels. So, um, so, so, talking about that, you know, becoming a naturopathic doctor. Let's kind of dig deep into that because obviously, you know, you do face some challenges, you know, being a doctor in the United States and naturopathy is not something that you can access in every single state. We talked about that at the event and there are some challenges, you know, as, as far as being an expert and someone in the industry, uh, perhaps you could speak further to it. 
Well, when we're looking at the accessibility, yeah, I think about half the states in the United States are are licensing. I do have a federal license, but all, not all the states acknowledge that. So those layers of accessibility are definitely a huge factor for a lot of people. But I do have to say, within my seven years of practice, there are a lot fewer people who look at me and say, I have no idea what it is you do. So that is growing, and that's been really beautiful to see. When I first started practice, majority of people are like, I have no idea what a naturopathic doctor is. What? Tell me more. And so they didn't even know that that was an option. And so much of that has been changing as people are talking and communicating and sharing like you are here, that there are way more options and that these resources are available to those who seek it and on many different levels. So there are ways to work and join this information without seeing a naturopathic physician face to face. But it's making sure that that information is the right fit for you. That's where that asset of having somebody work one on one with you is such a great resource. For sure. And and and, and uh, the people who are listening, you know, the the the, the longtime listeners, you're quite familiar with uh, reaching the finish line. The people who are just tuning in uh, today, you know, my goal is to help people to be able to reach the finish line in their careers. I definitely encourage you to go the entrepreneur route, but at the same time, people. You know who 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 could find you know uh, who could find a you know a, a, a career perhaps in a with an employer that aligns with their passion of fulfillment. I'm not going to disparage that either. But one thing that underlines all of it is you know if a per, if you're an entrepreneur, you're probably going to start off working a lot of hours, and probably the higher you climb the corporate ladder, you're going to be working more hours. And the thing is, a lot of times people they do not give enough attention to their health. You know, yes. oftentimes, you know, they, they have one problem, so they take a prescription drug, and that prescription drug has symptoms, which gives them another problem, and they have to take another drug, you know, and it becomes a chain link of prescription drug after prescription drug, and it's just masking symptoms, and it's not really addressing the underlying cause. And oftentimes, unfortunately, people just kick that can down the road year after year until it really becomes something huge, becomes, becomes a big problem. And then once it becomes a big problem like cancer or something significant like that, then people, then it catches people attention. Uh, so um, that's unfortunate. So that, that's the, you know that's that, that's 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 why uh, that's why you know I, I, you know having uh, you on here, Doctor Hart, uh, so so you can uh, address that. Let's talk about some of the common things that you've seen in your practice. Some of the most common problems. And uh, we can we can dig a bit deeper afterwards. Start with a free audiobook. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. You may not have a lot of free time, but you can definitely listen to a book on a plane, on the bus, or even while you're driving. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner. To get your free audiobook, start reaching the finish line with your free audiobook. Well, to to speak to what you just said, I see that self care is the remedy for that pharmaceutical snowball effect, mm-hmm. so that we can be proactive about our health, and that's why people come and see me because they have the majority of people who come to see me have been through the allopathic role and have been seen by everyone, and they have not found benefit 
or they felt that they have been harmed because of the pharmaceuticals and not been given the, the care that they need. And whether that's emotional issues like anxiety and depression or digestive issues like IBS or just massive amounts of abdominal pain or hormone issues, whether that's thyroid dysfunction or problems with the menstrual cycle or problems with fertility. There are so many, those are the core reasons why people come to see me. But typically they have tried a bunch of other stuff and it hasn't worked. I, I think also, too, um, Dr. Hart, one concern is they may say, well, well I'm not going to go this naturopathic route because my, my health provider may not cover it. What would you say to right. that? Well, I would say making a choice on how you want to live your life is totally yours to make. And we need to be really mindful on what our priorities are in our life. And the really cool thing is there is a lot that can be done with the basics and it does not have to be expensive. So when we take ourselves and make ourselves a priority, we tend to make different choices. We tend to view ourselves as worthy of the investment of our time, energy, and money because we understand that we are literally all we have and our body is a vessel that allows us to show up fully so that we can spiritually, emotionally, and mentally be able to connect with those we love and the passions that we love and run our businesses in a way that is congruent with us. So taking that, that space and really valuing ourselves, we are worth that time, energy, and money that it takes to maintain and cultivate the skills we need in order to have as close to optimal health as possible. When it comes to someone who wants uh, to work with you, who wants to hire you as their naturopathic doctor, uh, would you say the rates are similar to what they would pay with an allopathic doctor? Is it less or is it more? What would you say? Well, I work differently than almost any other naturopathic physician that I've met. Mm -hmm. So I don't offer one-off, one-session visits with someone. Mm -hmm. I find that people don't heal in one session and they don't learn the resources and tools that they need in order to help redirect re their health to a better balance. Mm -hmm. And so I work with people in programs and my introductory program is three months. Mm -hmm. So in that sess, that sense it is more than just a one visit at a time at a time but typically the um, a lot of naturopaths are going to be fairly congruent price-wise and a lot of insurance companies do cover that not all of them but there is that opportunity for having at least some level of reimbursement through insurance if that is the the game changer for, for a person yeah, and probably, well, yeah, I mean, not probably, I would, but I would definitely imagine in the long term, it's probably actually cheaper because you're not going yes. back to the doctor for another, another refill of prescription drugs or a, or a surgery or another consultation or uh, of, of problems. You know, if you can heal the person holistically, they can stay healthy and they won't have to keep returning back to the doctor. Yes, prevention is always far more powerful than retroactively trying to fix something that's broken. So caring for our body like it is this beautiful vessel that we've been gifted because it is, that allows us to really 
have the ability to reach our goals and our dreams and to live our lives and run our businesses in a way that brings a lot of joy versus in a way that we're just kind of getting by. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is something that, uh, you know, next thing we're going to go into is something we actually talked about uh, two weeks ago when I saw you at the conference. And I think a lot of people overlook this, and that is food sensitivities. You know, mm -hmm. most people, especially people who are always busy, uh, you know, like I said, whether, you know, whether, whether the person has one job, you know, two jobs, or is an entrepreneur, or whatever they're doing, uh, oftentimes you're not being mindful of their diet. You know, I'd be mindful of what was actually affecting them. You know, sometimes they kind of just get into a rhythm, they eat the same food, and they don't really, or they're not conscious of how their digestive system is reacting. And so, 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 so if, if you wouldn't mind, uh, Dr. Hart, let's, let's spend some time, and I want you, and if, if you could highlight, you know, why food sensitivities are important to pay attention to. Well, we all have different physiologies, and this is where a one-size-fits-all diet does not work. So really learning to listen, cultivating that art of listening to what your body is telling you, then you can learn how to fuel your body in an appropriate way so that you can get an incremental return on your investment and have a lot more productivity in your life and your business as well. And when we are not paying attention to food sensitivities, food intolerances, or food allergies, then we're creating a lot of inflammation in our body, which makes it really hard for us to think clearly, for us to make good choices and decisions, and for us to feel calm and relaxed in our body. And so if we can calm that fire that is internally building when we are not eating mindfully and identify what foods we can break down and absorb and use properly, then that allows us a lot more resources to put our energy towards what we want to. Again, it's a proactive approach to interacting with our food. I, I'm sorry, please continue. Oh, and as we talked about um, two weeks ago, one of the things that I was mentioning is one of the ways to assess really simply your food sensitivities is by taking your heart rate. So you sit down before your meal and you take your pulse. You count your heartbeats for one minute and you mark that down. Then you enjoy your meal and then after that you take your pulse again and you mark it down and you compare the two numbers. If the number of your heartbeats has gone up six points or more, after you've eaten your meal, it's likely that something in your meal is something you're sensitive to. And so that's a really sense, really simple, easy way for you to begin that investigation into what your ideal diet is. And then you can cultivate the foods that actually love you and feed yourself that as a when we view food as a fuel to help us reach our goals, we're much more likely to make better choices. So, for example, you know, let's let's say, uh, you know, before I eat, if uh, I don't know if it was, let's say, if my if my, if my pulse was beating uh, seventy times per minute, and uh -huh. then uh, you know, after I ate a few bites of a meal, it went from seventy to seventy six. That would that would be like a red flag. 
Yes, that would be something you'd need to investigate that there was something in that food that was pushing inflammation in your body. And one of the things to be mindful of, obviously, if you're taking your pulse in a stressed environment or if you are still working while you're eating, Mm -hmm. then that is going to be skewed results. Mm -hmm. This is something you want to give yourself the space to really have an objective viewpoint of what's going on within your body. Want the full episode? You can get it when you become a Prim20 Premium Radio subscriber. Go to reachingthefinishline.com forward slash buy to get your premium subscription today. Get one hour commercial free episodes, private mastermind calls with our guests, and much more. Go to reachingthefinishline.com forward slash buy to get your premium subscription. For just another way to help you start reaching your finish line. And I highly recommend as one of the ways to cultivate a mindful life is when you do eat, you do so without distraction. Mm. So you're saying that we should not be eating and watching TV? I, I would agree. Yes. We, we When we eat and watch TV, one, we eat way more than we need. I kind of have an addiction for Netflix, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I've been trying to get away from the Netflix because because my, for me, you know, I, I live in a new country every few months, and a lot of times I have the opportunity to have dinner with some of the locals, and I think that's a whole lot better because you know you know I, I could you know you know you know I could be more conscious of what I what I eat rather than I I mean I but what do you think Dr. Hart do you think that you know rather you know having dinner with a group of friends or family uh is significantly better than um than uh having dinner watch TV in controlling portion sizes Absolutely when we are interacting with others we are enjoying our food we are relaxing into that the feelings and emotions and tastes and textures and all those layers that go into enjoying a food with others. It's much different than completely disengaging with our food and focusing on someone else's version of, of entertainment. Mm-hmm. But when we bring that community back into our food, we tend to be able to savor it more. And of course, when you're eating in a group environment, mindful eating is key there as well Mm because you can be distracted and overeat. Mm -hmm. But there's a different level of connection that comes when we interact with others versus throw ourselves into another hour or whatever of screen time Mm -hmm. where we're not really absorbing yeah, good good to know. And I like how you said earlier about there is not a, a one-size-fits-all diet. W- would you say that also includes uh, diets like uh, veganism and vegetarianism? Because a lot of times I talk to a lot of people and, you know, I ask them, you know, you know they say well, I'm vegetarian. I say, oh, okay, it's interesting. Why are you a vegetarian? And oftentimes they say, well, it's the best diet. Everyone should be a vegetarian. And, and, and I, I, I looked at the science. You know, there are some errors to vegetarianism. I don't know if it's the best diet, you know, that exists. What would you say to that, um, Dr. Hart, about as far as, you know, you know maybe, you know, is, is, there, is, is there an ideal diet? Or, or is different diets work for different people, you know, i.e. paleo, vegan, things like that? Yes, I think different diets work for different people. Um, one of the things to be aware of is 
there is a basic tenant that I believe frames what the ideal healthy diet is, mm-hmm. and that is just eat real food. Mm. The more processed your food is, the further it is away from having actual functional nutrients that are the fuel that run all of our systems. Mm-hmm. And if we are having foods that have a small novel as the ingredient list or stuff that we can't pronounce, that's probably a good flag that those are not the foods that we should be consuming. Mm -hmm. So you can eat a highly processed diet as a vegan and you can eat a highly processed diet as a paleo. Mm -hmm. So it it doesn't matter what format you're using, Mm -hmm. a whole foods diet is going to be a huge asset. That said, about veganism, one of my concerns with that is I consistently see hormone imbalances develop after vegans have eaten strictly that diet for a long period of time. So Mm. that's one of the concerns that I have. If it's cultivating a nutrient deficiency or a fatty acid deficiency, then maybe that's not the best fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, um, I, I have seen in my personal experience that it is better if I eat uh, paleo. Now, I do like I do like grains. You know, I, I like I like jasmine rice. It's kind of one of my favorite grains. Um, but often, I, I love corn. Love cornbread. Uh, you know, you know who doesn't love cornbread? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, especially nice and hot with some Kerrygold butter. Oh, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I I'm not naive, and I do know that. I, well, I, at least in my experience, I realized the more grains I eat, the more acne problems I have. Uh, that's something okay. that I have noticed. Uh, you know, the more grains I eat, uh, I'm not as uh, mentally sharp. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do know once I remove those grains out of my diet, uh, I, you know, I, you know, my my performance is significantly better. You know, now of course, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not a strict paleo guy. Uh, you know, every now and then I, I do enjoy uh, my cornbread, uh, hot cornbread with my Kerrygold butter, and mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy uh, jasmine rice. But at the same time, more than not, you know, that's where I, I lean towards because, um, you know, it's it's about listening to our body and uh, right. giving what our body needs. And as you talked about, um, eating whole foods. Right. Let's Let's kind of drill deep into... Uh, you know, the food sensitivities. And because, you know, a lot of times people, you know, sometimes people, well, some of these uh, health experts, they say you should get the Alcat test. And some people say, oh, no, the Alcat is not good. You should get the Cyrex test. You know, you know, what, 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 and then, and then actually I had a, uh, actually I had a, um, last year I had a, ph- I had a, a pharmacist turned nutritionist and he said that both of those tests are not as good than you just eating foods, you know, you know, waiting, waiting for a little while and seeing how you react to those foods. And he said that was the gold standard of testing for food sensitivities. What would you say to all that? Well, from my training, the elimination challenge diet, which you just mentioned there, is considered the gold standard. It is a very long-term commitment if you are going to fully do it properly. It can take you know, up to a year to run foods through if you're properly removing them and, and having that balance there. When we're looking at things that are reactivities, that's where I like the the pulse test to be a simple way to hone in on options. First of all, you start off with eating 
a clean, unrefined diet. And then from there, you can begin to suss out what works well for you. I work a lot with food intolerances because I find that if enzymatically you just don't have the enzymes intact genetically to break your foods down fully, it's not going to matter you know, what sort of supplements or enzymes you take in supplement form because you just don't have the ability to break it down fully. So that's one of the tools that I use to look at what is going on with what we can break down and what we can't. I find that to be more effective than the antibody tests and more consistent as well. Very so that's, that's a good layer to start with. Yeah, that's very interesting, and, and that's great advice. You know, so so uh, you know that that actually that actually costs the person nothing. You know, just just all it requires is a person just being conscious of, you know, you know, start buying uh, more foods that resemble a clean diet and start being more conscious of, you know, how the foods you're consuming are affecting you. You know, so yeah. uh, that's actually very helpful for people, especially, you know, if they're on a budget. Uh, that's actually, you know, that's actually uh, you know, another motivator for people to actually get started uh, today. What? Yeah. And what? looking at the nutritional density that your food gives you versus the price of it uh-huh. is going to be a lot better choice. So you're going to, if you purchase your foods versed on, based on nutritional density, then you are going to get more energy out of your food than if you were to purchase the cheapest foods that tend to be highly refined. Great. And Dr. Hart, if people want to get in touch with you or follow you, how would they do that? Absolutely. Um, my website is natureclinic.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-E-C-L-I-N-I-C.com. I'm also on Facebook and YouTube. I've got videos and trainings on there. They can explore how to look at that resistance so they can stop fighting themselves. And th- yeah, send me a message. Um, I would love to talk about different ways to help you boost your health and the cool thing is it can be super simple and very, very effective. Great. And if you want a naturopathic doctor, Dr. Hart is based in Washington, but she also does telemedicine. So you can definitely work with her on that regard as well if interested. Yes, definitely. Do- Dr. Hart, thank you for being our guest. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to talk with you. Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs, best-selling author and career strategist as seen at Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not on an email list, you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.